Yo, it's June 21st. There it is. It's, it's Tuesday. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> We're still in North Carolina. Met with a ton of dealers yesterday. Said a couple things that may ruffle some feathers, but that's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. So yesterday, we had the opportunity to keynote together. It was so much fun. In front of a packed room of dealers and dealer staff and some industry partners. And... Some representatives, uh, uh, elected representatives, uh, state from, senators. It was incredible. Yeah. So my son Miles was like, "Were there? There were three senators in the room." I was like, "Well, not U.S. senators, right?" Like, yes. There's a difference. But state senators yeah. talked a lot about legislation, a lot about what is being done on the ground to try to protect. You know, oh, we could just get into a whole bunch of stuff. I don't. We probably can't. We don't have that. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All the way, we're like, all right, forget the show. Here's what we're really going to talk right, about. Exactly. But we'll summarize the point. You're going to hear more about this. We were talking about slowing down the the whole ecosystem of, of I don't know, I can't just talk about a little bit of it. Right. So, But basically, legislation being something that can help give us time. Yes. As, an, as re- franchise and retail auto. Legislation when it comes to franchise laws and the relationship between OEMs, yes. dealers, and legality within communities and deliverability and servicing of vehicles, right? So it's, you know, because of, and we've talked about this on the show, agency model happening in Europe a lot because of new OEMs and EVs taking a new space within deliverability or the way that um, retail purchasing is happening in different states. Uh, uh, you know, legislation is needed and, and lobbying and working with, uh, you know, state representatives and, and federal representatives to make sure that things are in place for the businesses that serve the community. So there is like, I, I, I think, you know, just saying like, oh, we don't need that is, no, is poor no, too. No, 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 no. Like, we need that. We need All those day. things in places because government allows for structure to happen in a way that serves both the businesses and the customers in the right way, right? Well, disruption can tend to run over practical things. Absolutely. Right? And practical things, there's nothing more practical than people's jobs, right? Businesses, real estate, like things that are hold the economy together. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's very easy for people to get excited about new tech or a new thing and in kind of the popularity of the moment. Right. Be like cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. So we are thankful for the legislation. We're thankful for the time it's giving us as retail automotive to assess the landscape and say, how are we going to pivot? Without a doubt, though. If we don't pay attention and pivot, it doesn't matter. There's no amount of legislation that's going to keep it together. Absolutely. We kind of gave this representation yesterday that it's like throwing a boulder in a rushing river, right? It might slow down or redirect some of the water for a little while, but we still recognize that solving the customer experience is the penultimate yep. ideal that franchise retail automotive has to be moving toward. And that's what we're going to be talking about a lot. You're going to continue to hear us talk about it. And we're also going to talk about it at a SoduCon 2022, oh my which is happening in September, September 11th to the 13th. If you haven't pre-registered, asoducon.com, there are there are hundred uh, over a hundred people. Oh actually, yeah. Getting close to a couple hundred that are saying like, hands up, we want to be first in line. So if you're not first in line, you might not even be last. You might not be there. So we only have six hundred. So we only have six hundred. An allocation of that six hundred is actually going to the dealers invited by our collaborators, our sponsors, and some of our sponsor staff. Um, 
We just locked in another one yesterday. We oh, can't, we're not going to announce any. We have presenting sponsors. The VIP lounge got locked down last night. Oh, the VIP lounge is going to be so fun. Uh, going to be really uh, like just an engaging place. You're going to want to be there. It's going to be a ticketed room. It's going to be that special. Like we might have some special badges. Oh, we're we just will. we're, we're oh, working we on it. Just and hang so, tight. With so us. when we announce the the VIP lounge sponsor, make sure that you make some friends with them because they're going to have some passes to the lounge. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it's kind of the point. Right. It's kind of the point. Well, let's get into it today. Yep. Uh, you know, the first story that, that we're looking at today, and this has been coming out over the past couple of years. This company has been around for a few years, uh, but a company called EV Safe Charge uh, has now finally, over the last couple of weeks, installed the very first charging robots in parking lots. I like, I like the name. I love the name. Ziggy. <laughs> Ziggy. It's so friendly. <laughs> Get Ziggy over here, right? Get Ziggy over here, and and so if if and and I think Danielle's throwing it up on the screen right now. If you're watching, but Ziggy is essentially like a slim robot that allows a a customer to uh, both reserve a spot, so you can actually like, hey, I, I'm coming there. I need to reserve a spot for. Oh, I my, didn't know that part of it. Yeah, so there's like a whole app based system that they that that will sit in that spot and then pull out for when you get there and then you can charge your EV with this with this robot that's kind of roaming around most likely parking garages or hotels or residential parking garages uh, and then what's also really interesting about it is they're using it for ad space right that's got a big screen on it so yep. it pulls if you're just listening to the podcast it's like I don't know um, if you have, it's about six feet tall, it looks like, right. and about three feet wide. You know what it reminds me of is like if you go, go to a mall and like the wayfinder in a mall, right? Yeah, when you walk it's in, the map is on. It is. A, that's a yeah. great, yeah. So it's about that size. It's got a screen on it yep. like that, and it's just basically a big battery brick. Right. With wheels. It's so cool. Yeah. And so, like, there's just going to be a lot of, you know, space management. And what I really think is cool about it, one of the hard things that I find in parking garages and uh, back when I drove a Leaf. Is parking. You, you would call it getting oh. iced. Right? Because what would happen... See, this is something... In, in Syracuse, we don't have this yet because right. there's just not enough EVs. But in Nashville... So, essentially, like, they've got dedicated EV parking spots because you have to put that in-ground charger, right? Yep. Well, what happens is every parking space fills up and then... An internal combustion vehicle, a gas vehicle, ice vehicle, pulls up in it, and so you get And it's iced. just like, what are you going to do? It's like Sebastian Mosco, <laughs> what are you going to do? Right? There's no penalty. No. Right? Absolutely. I'm just going to be a douche. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's my penalty. <laughs> I got the Italian in me today. There it is. Yeah. So this solves a lot of that problem, but it solves a few, you know, you've got the advertising space. It's an app-based system. You know, the worry about getting a parking spot oh, in the garage. I would use it. Like the I would use it just layers. to reserve a space. <laughs> You're like, I don't need the charge. Just I, make sure can the I, space is there. Parking garage. Can I reserve a space before I get there? Think of that. Man. I'm in like level two, slot 50. I'd <sighs> pay extra smart. for that. I would pay extra for that. But how do you stop people from parking in it? I don't know. You're going to be a douche. <laughs> That's all you got. We only have our integrity, our willingness to, to make somebody mad. So uh, apparently some hotels in California already have this going. They've already installed it. So uh, I think that it was a Holiday Inn and then... Uh, Holiday a, Inn? Yeah. A holi I, like was they, thinking, I thought you were going to say like the Ritz-Carlton. Well, and then well, there's a then there's the a luxury hotel that has it as well. So well, if you're parking your own car, let's just be honest. Exactly. Not exactly. that nice of a hotel. <laughs> yeah. So we're, I think we're going to start to see more of this innovation 
from EV charging because like there has to be that solution for mobility uh, across a uh, a lot of different places. Um, Well, speaking of moving to a lot of different places. I don't know if you've noticed, but gas prices are in the news a little bit lately. And President President Biden has said uh, he's close to making a decision on a federal gas tax holiday. Isn't that branded so nice? Ah, it's a it holiday feels good. from federal taxes on your gasoline. <laughs> so it's an actually the federal. So when you buy gas, there are taxes on top of what the actual price is per gallon of gasoline. There's usually a state level tax, sometimes a county, but a state level tax for sure. And then um, a federal level tax and all that's being tacked on the gas price. Right. So, you know, a lot of states have taken away their portion of tax to you know bring some relief at the pump. Federally, there's 18.4 cents per gallon. Attached to every gallon that you buy. So 18 wow. cents of every gallon goes to the government. So the holiday would remove that. And there's some... some uh, so state taxes, they say, usually when a holiday is passed, that goes to the consumer, right? So the gas price literally will just drop by whatever that amount is, right. between 10, 20, sometimes as much as 30 cents, right? Oh, look, prices are going down. It's like, actually, the state just pulled away the taxes. Gas is still going up. So the federal taxes, um, Janet Yellen, uh, Treasury Secretary, said... It's questionable on how much of that actually gets to the consumer hmm. because often when it's done federally, um, gasoline companies will actually just raise, raise the, base. the base. Ah, gotcha. So I don't know. It'll be 18.4. So it's really hitting a lot of uh, Cong- Congress has to act. So it yep. requires an act of Congress. An act of Congress. Right? <laughs> to reduce the gas tax. However, um, you know, there's some Republican pushback on it because they're saying it's political maneuvering because it would be set to expire exactly after the midterm elections. So, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, here's the thing. We have to, there is obviously a, just, I mean, just over the past uh, couple of weeks, we had a seven-day t- stretch where the average gas price over the nation was over $5. Yep. I think it's dipped just below it. it. It's down like three or four Feels cents. Feels down now. a little bit. Right. It's down just a little bit. So, you know, th- there's obvious attention on gas right now, and I think just... We're, we're going to continue to go back to this conversation about affordability yes. and recognizing that this is on the news for everyone, both in your store and customers that are working with you and recognizing that having that conversation around affordability and knowing that that's top of mind for a lot of people is just, it, it, it helps, right? Knowing what the miles per gallon, how many miles per tank, what it, like, wouldn't it be smart right now to have something like, hey, this is what it cost to fill up our tank compared to our competitor's tank on our showroom, right? Because, I mean, our van is costing $100 a a fill-up, right? Have you gotten cut off yet? No, I haven't. I got cut off the other day where it's like $100 pump limit reached. Like, how have they not recalibrated this yet? (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It did make me feel better not spending more than 100 though. Yeah. Even though the tank was like, you know, (laughs) six-eighths full. Well, speaking of recalibrating... Segway. You have some room to dance when we're outside. I know. That's really nice. Like, we got a little bounce, got a little room to dance. For those not watching, you can you, you have to go uh, find 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 it and view it because we're, we've got this beautiful stone and brick and trees behind us. It's absolutely gorgeous out here in Asheville. Not that we're bragging. We're not bragging. It's also a little chilly. <laughs> Paul, Paul forgot his jacket this morning. so he's, Paul's I, from upstate New York. I can take it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Well, on the recalibrating... Uh, 
Mr. Z Zuckerberg uh, Zucks gave, Zucks gave an overview, uh, I think yesterday, about VR headsets and just kind of the progression of research and development that has gone into what Meta is moving forward to, which is this VR development. Um, and it's uh, there are really some interesting insights that came out of it. So apparently, I mean, if you've used a VR headset, you understand it is not. Uh, it, it can be kind of realistic when you're looking around and immersive. Yeah. But as far as how clear everything is, why it feels a little awkward when you try to look at different things on the screen, there are a lot of factors that we just take for granted with our mm. natural sight. Um, one of those is the clarity of it, and that's no secret. When you put on a right. VR headset, you're like, this is not even as clear as the TV that I was watching. Right. Um, another thing is focal depth. So, like, when my hand's in front of my face, I can easily focus on it quickly. Yes. And, and like, my attention shifts to what my eye, you know, my eyes focus on what my attention shifts to. That doesn't happen in VR glasses. No. But it's a big part of making an immersive experience. Um, another one is contrast and brightness. So all these things ha are standing in the way of a truly realistic experience in the metaverse, what you're saying. So um, in the minute, if you can check the link in the show notes, uh, Zuck, he goes through about a minute and a half, and he shows all these different goggles they've been working on. Some of them are funny. They have, like, big They're heat sinks and fans on so them. I'm like, funny. we're going to laugh at this so hard, <laughs> right, in 10 years. Well, it's crazy because if you think about they've got to take, like, all the 4K technology that's happening, you know, and, and really, like, 8K technology that's happening in TVs yeah. and shove it into something that's right in front of your face. Not only that. It's unbelievable. You can do that, right? right. Like, that's a phone. But the problem is, is, like, knowing how to calibrate it to your eye. Yeah, like eye movement. What are you see, actually looking at? How quickly our eyes actually move between focal depth is absolutely insane, right? So just doing like two quick checks on, on, a, on a screen that's that close and recognizing what the eyes and the face and the body movement are doing, I, it's a task. Remember when parents used to tell you not to sit too close to the TV? Yeah. <laughs> Where have all those people gone? <laughs> We're now putting it... <laughs> Half an, right. inch, <laughs> half an inch from her eyeballs. There, there are some grandmothers out there just shaking their just heads. Shaking like, their Ed heads. Zuckerberg. Like, well, and I think this is, this is, this is and, and you kind of put this in the show notes here, but there, there's some risk in this in two ways. One, right, being early always looks wrong. So, yeah. so there's this, like, element that when you're creating something this early, it looks wrong. And what you're saying is, is Meta's shift to focus and go all in. They pushed all the chips in on the Metaverse. Yep. Um, and so that's what you're talking about, right? Right, like, exactly. They're like, we're going all in on the metaverse. Yeah, so that that could look wrong, but if you're a leading indicator on the way technology is going, typically what you end up with is, as everyone looks back and goes, oh, they're right. But I think the other worry here is like, the closer you get to reality in virtual reality, the the more intense, like, just and the requirement. The is. requirement on, like, safeguarding and making sure that... that like all of it's similar to autonomous driving, right? It's when when the closer we get to autonomous driving, the incremental improvements slow way down. Well, and also not just that, but like the level of like attention that you have to have to the legalities and to like how how autonomous driving is measured and and who's responsible and all that type of stuff right. also happen in virtual reality. Without so you, you you get both of those sides. So it's it's a dangerous proposition, but I think you know the attention right now and just being aware that that's happening is good for any business owner, any person, just to know like, hey, these are two spaces that we're playing in. And we have to be recognize that legit. So. If you're, you're just listening to the show, uh, we did put it up. Danielle, put it up again. Um, this is the headset. So he, this is called the Hollow Cake 2. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Cake. It's a hollow cake. 
Um, I like I like my cakes with a nice full center. Full center. I don't like hollow cakes, but hollow H O L O cake too. And it it really just looks like a, a reduced version of a current VR headset. Right. Right. It doesn't go over the head. It kind of you you put it over top of your head, and then like a band kind of like holds it to your face. And so in the video, he goes through three different types, and this one was you know this big headset clunky thing was made for resolution, and then this big headset clunky thing was made for focal depth, and then this big and then we put them all together in this thing it's unclear whether or not this will ever be available to the public but i'm sure this technology will make its way right when you innovate you have incremental and incidental discoveries yes right like post-it notes yeah right that was an incidental discovery well i and i think like what you know the trajectory of the way this is being developed right now looks like it's headed in one direction but i think that there could be multiple pivot points where we see these types of technologies find themselves in other things that we're using on a day-to-day basis right for sure. I didn't even think of that. But you think of even driving technology. Right, exactly. What's that going to do? Paying attention to what you're focused on and, and having an in-car experience based on that? I don't know, man. I just hope we have some fun before the robots win. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Hey, you can tell. The cold gets to us in the outside and the beautiful mountains, and we just get a little sideways on a Tuesday. It's, all it's good. fun. It's all good. But, but, hey, it's Tuesday. I think bringing it back to the beginning of the show. Yes. Right? We are at, at, a, at an environment right now surrounded by dealers actually the virginia auto dealer association event is on this side of the hotel and on this side moved in yesterday is the kentucky auto dealer association so crazy. Yeah. i wish there was like an anchorman size rivalry because that <laughs> lobby right behind us would be like lit. everyone's walking in you yeah, know right. slow-mo. slow-mo walks yes. but um but the, the point is that we we're in the room with the generations of dealers, which is really exciting. And it's very rare because when you go to digital dealer stuff, you don't get a lot of the generational input. No, yeah. But yesterday by the pool, right, we were sitting by a couple and he's like, I've been a Ford dealer three times. Like, what right. do you mean three times? Like, 40 years of being a Ford dealer, right? And he's been in and out and um, it's just real. And he's passing the torch to not a, not a family member, but a younger generation that is buying stores and he's excited to pass the torch. And uh, yeah, it's just been, you know, it was actually interesting his wife said uh one of the best times that they've been in business was the four years that they got out of the franchise side and just had a used car lot with five people and she loved it it was amazing she's like we had so much fun and then so yeah he he had his dealership did really well with it sold it open a used car lot because what do you do when you're a car guy yeah you sell cars you you gotta sell cars (laughs) even just for fun so the used car lot and then i'm in 2008 he bought back into the same store he sold And now he's, again, in the the process of divesting but staying involved and passing the torch. So just being around that level of just legacy... Yeah, is inspiring, and it really puts a weight of responsibility on on us, Absolutely. on the next generation, on the people that can do what they can do. Look, if you're in the game and you're kicking, like play your game. If you're if your legacy in the sense that you've seen many transitions in automotive, your main job right now might just be encouraging, supporting, encouraging, mentoring. passing the torch well, right? You know, encouraging. I, we talked about yesterday how DMS systems were extremely innovative in the world of retail, right? right. So, like, no one rem- ever did that before. Remind everyone what is happening in, that in automotive right now and being innovative and, and pushing the boundaries of retail has always been the legacy of, of auto. It's it Just because we're a legacy business doesn't mean we're not innovative and, and we don't push the boundaries. And just, like, whether, wherever you're at in the spectrum, whether you're a child or, or graduating out of owning dealerships, like remind everyone of that reality. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you so much for paying attention today. If you're new to the podcast or new to the email list because you saw us, welcome to the show. Whatever your game is today, whether you're legacy or you're new or somewhere in between, play your game today. Let's work together. Let's do this thing. 